Freedom and God Podcast, presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom, where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Alright, alright, everybody, welcome to another episode of the American Freedom and God podcast. John P. Fox here, and we just got off of our Christmas break, which was a fun time, so yeah. We went around to see family, I hope you guys were able to go see family, um, enjoy things, uh, get out for the day or do something together, just have a great dinner, that's what it's all about in the holiday season. We brought Christ into the picture, said a nice blessing before dinner. And uh, it was a good time. Oh, by the way, New Year's is around the corner. So we decided that we're just going to keep rolling this thing all the way until New Year's. <laughs> what thing am I talking about? Well, you know, every year in December comes around, Christmas comes around. I even have a birthday in the same month a couple of weeks ago. So I get in this festive mood, you know, you get all festive. You know, it used to be, you know, when you're younger, you just get, you know, you start getting interested in playing football and watching the games and things like that. The sports was a big part of the Christmas and Thanksgiving. But nowadays, you know, uh, years later, it's more about just being with family and doing things and going out and having a good time. Well, we got this uh, thing that uh, on the American Freedom and God podcast, we kind of hit on um, politics a little bit, what's happening in the United States of America, which is where we're centered. And so what is an insurrection is one of the things we're going to talk about today. Also brought along, you know, we have this thing where there is a set of news stations out there that they claim to be journalists. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. What is a journalist anyways? What is journalism? Well, I can tell you this. Journalism is a dead. <laughs> but uh, we still have these um, scripted newscasters. They're all saying the exact same thing. And I brought an awesome example from the X22 website where we're able to hear them all saying the exact same thing simultaneously. <laughs> Imagine that. It's going to be cool. We're going to play that one for you. Voting machine issues. Also, the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger uh, of Georgia is uh, not wanting to tell the court why Dominion voting machines are very secure. So we have this report um, on that for you today, along with our hope message from Dr. David Jeremiah. He's going to be talking about, is he in the past 
or is Jesus in the present? Um, he's got great ways of illustrating things like that. So it'd be interesting to check in with David Jeremiah just for a minute or two on that soundbite. Guys, when I play these soundbites, I encourage you to go. I'll probably just tell you what website, what page it is. So you can go there on your own and actually listen to the whole video. So, so we can only get a minute or two in for you, but there's like eight, ten minutes of it. And it's very, very informative. And that's what this show's all about. Where do we get our information? You know, like that line in the Beastie Boys song, where'd you get your information from, huh? <laughs> but it's always been one, it always stuck out. That line always stuck out when I listen to Beastie Boys songs because it's a good question. Right, Debbie? Where do you get your information from? Question of the decade, isn't it? <laughs> it's a question of the decade, all right. It's a question of the century, if you ask right. me. Dr. Eric Berg is going to tell us uh, the importance of vitamin D3. You know, vitamin D3 is instrumental in the, the bloodstream of causing everything else that it interacts with, like vitamin K, uh, the two together um, to put the cells in order and to keep them in order, good for your lungs. Also, vitamin D3 can give you the advantage of uh, not falling victim to, say, an autoimmune disease or something like that. It's kind of like an autoimmune fighting uh, vitamin and also it is very good to keep yourself from getting sick uh, that vitamin d3 we're gonna we're gonna hear more about that coming from dr eric berg and uh you know i'm just gonna get right to it today's title do we the people even understand question mark <laughs> and i don't know what i come it's a good title you'll see why as we go through the show a little bit today do we the people even understand that's because I'm asking the question because there's so much going on right now in uh, politics that when you go out on the street and you ask somebody the question, they just start talking about based on their feelings with their answer. So you ask the question, how are you doing, sir? How you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm out doing questions today on the streets for the, uh, for the, for the news station. Uh, I'd like to know for coming up, uh, who are you going to vote for? Would it be Trump or would it be Biden? Just curious. And the kid, and the guy goes, well, obviously I'm going to go with the one that makes calm and, and everybody can be happy. And he's going, so what would that, which one would that be? He's like, well, obviously it wouldn't be Trump. Cause, so here, here's the thing. People don't understand. If that guy's anything like the, the, uh, masses, if that answer is anything like the masses, then, yeah, the question is, do we the people even understand? Well, you know, I'm not here to plug uh, politicians in any way, but I am here to ask that question. Do we even understand what we're doing? So you got um, voting time coming up. It's, it, we didn't even get into 2024 yet. I don't want to speed up time because it goes by fast enough already. It sure is. <laughs> you can tell every morning when you kind of gander into the mirror. But we don't, <laughs> we, we're not in 2024 just yet, but it's around the corner and it's going to, it's voting season. And so two things I want to point out today, and I want to point out whether or not that's even secure anymore. And also I want to point out, do we even understand when we vote? Do you picking a name based on, uh, I don't know, popular opinion? Are you picking a name to vote for based on everything you've heard in the news? Or are you picking a name to vote for because you, the people, actually understand a thing or two? So that's the interesting uh, subject matter for this uh, opening monologue. Trying to remove your political opponent from the ballot. 
What is that? What, why, why are we having that problem? Well, okay, I'm going to just say, first of all, breaking news. Michigan's Supreme Court smacks down leftist groups' attempt to ban President Trump from state's 2024 ballot. And Trump responds. Okay, so, um, yeah, Michigan just trying to just kind of be next in line, I guess, from what the Colorado Supreme Court recently did. Um, but this is like the Michigan Supreme Court saying, no, 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 that's not going to work. So obviously it was an appeals court or a, uh, a lesser, a, a, a court lower down the totem pole, put it that way, that uh, was you know, trying to remove Trump from the ballot. And there went to the Michigan Supreme Court and they said, not going to happen. So ABC News reported that uh, the court rejected an appeal by the far left group Free Speech for People or F. SFP, that's what happens hard to say. It's not rolling off the tongue, let's put it that way. Aimed at barring Trump from the state's 2024 ballot based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Okay, I'm going to stop reading there, but I wanted to read that part because Section 3 of the 14th Amendment refers to, uh, in, in, right after the Civil War, that if you were any way, shape, or form involved in an insurrection, um, that you cannot run for office. It, you know, it was just uh, one of those things that went into the Constitution. It had to be, and it was based on those things. And it is, insurrection is like a legal term. So that's, it meant something completely different in uh, the 14th Amendment. But what the courts are trying to do today, since they hate their opposition so much, is they're trying to somehow spin and redefine what this 14th Amendment was talking about. Not to mention they're trying to spin and redefine what the word insurrection even means. Because I can tell you right now, if you go ask anybody, particularly younger people, probably under under 40, if you go and ask any of them right now with the microphone, you're doing an interview, um, if they, can you tell me what an insurrection is? You know what the, most of them are going to answer? Exactly what they were told on the news when they got home to watch TV. They're going to tell you that, yeah, insurrection is what they did on January 6th. That's right. That's what they're going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And because that's as far as they allow their brain to go. Now, I'm not, I, in the defense of the, the wise and smart, um, wonderful people out there, not everybody uh, is like that. But I am saying, do we, the people, really understand? So my job is to, to, to throw that out there, let you listen in, and see what you think about that. There is a lot of people that just don't get it. They don't realize what an insurrection is. Well, it's that you know? media again, drilling it into their head That's over right. and over and over. And when you turn them on, and we're about to play an example of this, when you turn the media on, they are reading from a script. And I'm not just saying they use a teleprompter. I'm saying that they have a mega boss somewhere that and passing out the script yes. to every news station saying, this is what you're going to say. You're going to hammer at journalism. You're going to, well, you're going to, you're going to tell the people how important journalism is to you and then once you say that then you're going to go into what's going on with the people where they get their news elsewhere see we try very hard to bring you decent journalism so what we have to talk about is a lot of people are getting their news from somewhere else and not us journalists and so that is the thing that is prompting me to to use this uh this conversation today in this monologue trying to Remove your political opponent from the ballot because of an insurrection. It's all got something to do with, if it were real, then it would be understandable. 
you know, okay, th these particular people, uh, citizens, did an they, they performed an insurrection on an authority, and now they've been convicted of it. And, and by the way, one of them's trying to run for president. They get to be removed from the ballot. He can't run for president because he's been convicted of an insurrection. What's wrong with what I just said? Well, first of all, there's been no conviction of anything. Has there been any charges? Right. No charges, no conviction, no proof of anything. So it's just like, uh, it's uh, a crime that he committed that he didn't actually commit or that didn't happen. Basically, to get you there. off the ballot. So if we're yeah. so afraid of you to run against you, let's try everything <laughs> we can to get you off the ballot. You guys, I decided that I have to go over this. I don't want to bore anybody. I, I do want you to know that coming to this podcast is going to be worth every minute of your time. So I'm careful, but I do have to. We did look up the question, what is an insurrection? And before, um, well, I'll go ahead and read what, what we got here, but then I'll tell you my take on it too. The act of an instance of open revolt against civil authority or a constituted government. You know, two, A, a rising up or an uprising. And then three, the act of rising against civil authority or governmental restraint, specifically the armed resistance of a number of persons to the power of the state. So this Insurrection definition, I don't see, uh, where is it coming from? Dictionary of the English Language, so, word, Nick. American Heritage. American Heritage, okay. This is a, this is, to me, is the proper definition. It's not so hard, it's not rocket science. What is an insurrection? It's the act of, or an instance of an open revolt against a civil authority or a constituted government. Now, if you scroll down and read what some of these other people are saying, and I won't even have to go to the to the page, guys. I can just read it in the little paragraph underneath the search results. Um, six days ago, this one was put up. What is an insurrection? An insurrection? Uh, this is by Britannica. So let's just see what Britannica says. An organized or usually violent act of revolt or rebellion against an established government or governing authority of a nation slash state or other political entity by a group of its citizens or subjects. Also, an act of engaging in such a revolt. And I'm sure that the paragraph goes on and on there. Okay, they've already started spinning the definition I just read to you up top, right there in that one. Let's go down. Let's, let's look at another one. Here's one from Dictionary Cambridge. Well, uh, what is an insurrection? It add to word list an organized attempt by a group of people to defeat their government and take control of their country usually by violence armed insurrection synonyms rebellion revolt rising uprising smart vocabulary related okay that's not even a legible explanation let's go down here is there's one cnn what do they think an insurrection is <clears throat> remember guys i asked a question in the search and these are among the top 10 search results the very first one I read was the accurate one. So now we're kind of spinning it. According to uh, Merriam-Webster, okay, so that all they did here, this is lazy. They, the one I just read to you from Merriam-Webster right before, they just reprinted it. The act of revolting against civil authority and established government. Um, and they also read the one from Cambridge. So they didn't actually define it over there at CNN. I want to go down. If All right, so here's the last one. An organized attempt by a group of people to defeat their government, take control of their country, usually by violence. Armed insurrection synonyms. Okay, we just read this. See, again, they're just reprinting what already exists from somebody else's, um, you know, idea of what an insurrection is. The rebellion or resistance against civil authority or an established government. Recommended videos. 
So um, all I'm saying is I read a couple earlier. Don't They seem to be eluding me right now, but it was even saying it, and by what uh, also by what happened on January 6th. And that's when I decided I'm going to include this little segment uh, on the podcast today. What is an insurrection? Well, let me let me explain one thing. During the Iraqi war, I was paying a lot of attention to the news. At the time, it was, it was kind of taking me for, a, you know, it, it was taking a hold of my interest. I, I really wanted to know why we're going to war, why we're fighting in Iraq. Kuwait got seized by Saddam Hussein, and we wanted Kuwait, we wanted them liberated. That's how it all started. Well, I don't know how it started, but that's what I was seeing and then watching CNN and learning about it. Back when I thought CNN was an up-and-up news station. Imagine that. There was that time. <laughs> so I'm listening to these reports, and what I'm hearing is United States military uh, has performed an, an insurgency. An insurgency on the... Um, it, I remember the report saying they, they completed an insurgency and they took over. And so um, this insurgency is done. They took over. They had to go in and fight. They, they had to shoot guns. They had to do all of these things. They even had some casualties along the way. But it's done. The insurrection is finished. They did their insurgency, and it was a success. So at the end of the day, I know that an insurgency that is successful is an insurrection. Did all that happen on January 6th? Yeah. Military went into an insurgency and took over and then completed and successfully did what they set out to do. And then there was an insurrection as a result. No, exactly. I just defined to you what the real word, I mean, what the word really means, as opposed to being an average person right now being interviewed on the streets has no idea of what I just described an insurgency. It's usually a military thing. Mm-hmm. And, and this can also apply to the people of a country performing an insurgency because they they feel they've been disenfranchised by their government and that they don't want that government anymore. They want to start over. So they perform this insurgency. And if they succeed, it's an insurrection. Right. But usually it's a military thing. Mm-hmm. So got that out there, <laughs> finally. But I wanted to tell you that because we're about to talk about what is going on with the journalism and our news people. Well, number one, they got to get you to believe what they say. They can't have you going around believing the stuff that's behind the curtain. Right, or doing your own investigative journalism. <laughs> oh, we can't have that either. No. So, they definitely, I believe that um, what I'm listening to here, there's probably some you know, there's weight to it. It, it. There, there's some truth that could be, you know, about to be happening uh, in that movie where there's a big blackout, which I did not watch, but you know, I, I'm sensible enough to remember that that recently this movie came out about a blackout, and so I believe that it's they're probably going to try to head that way because they can't keep people from getting the information they don't want you to get. And then, by the way, if you do get that information, then we have to tell you it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And we have to tell you how great we are as journalists mm-hmm. and why that's wrong. And so I was listening to X-22 report um, on for this very reason, because he's talking about the same thing. And he's just showing me how scripted these so-called journalists, uh, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, Washington Post, you know, uh, New York Times, just right. all of them. They're showing how scripted they all are. There's um, one or two 
network news stations or alphabet news stations or Fox News, there was one or two that'll come to the table and tell you what, uh, you know, Joe Biden is actually not being on the up and up. And they'll tell you the opposition way while CNN and the others are saying, no way, there's no evidence. This is what you guys are hearing, but it's not true. So we do have a couple that's trying to, to show the opposition. However, it's not enough. And so X-22 is going to show you that this is how scripted they are. Let's listen to our first soundbite coming from the X-22 report, guys, right here. We have decided to disable access to Rumble for users in Brazil while we challenge the legality of the Brazilian court demand. So they're not removing anyone. And you could see that all these countries, I, I do believe what their strategy is, is to have these platforms shut down in those countries. But again, you have to remember that people always find a way. How do they get around this? They use a VPN. So if the services are blocked by IP addresses, people get VPNs and they use an IP address outside of their country. And then they have the ability to access that information. So once again, is this going to work? No, it's going to actually push people to actually find that information. And when this fails, what do you think they're going to do? I do believe they're going to shut communications. And I do believe this is why we're leading up to a cyber attack. So this way they can try to control the narrative. And I do believe we're heading in that direction. And for those people that still are on the fence of, hey, is the fake news propaganda? Is it scripted? Because I'm not sure if it is or not. Well, you got to go back in time. And Storm has arrived on X, put this out and says, I showed this classic video to my pops last night. And he was blown away, which made me realize how effective this compilation is for waking folks up to just how fake the fake news media really is. So he put it together, and these are local stations across the country, and they're all saying the same thing. Why? Because it's all scripted. All they do is change the town that they're in, but everything else is scripted for them. Take a listen. I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these things that are true without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. All those people that are watching Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC, and the rest who believe they're getting their information and they're getting the first-hand account of the information and they're telling them the truth well they're not actually everything is scripted and they're and yes it's actually scripted mm -hmm. now one thing that stood out but they're talking about well um this is in, in this is especially troubling because they're not bothering to check the facts first before they bring this news right they need the facts that they want, they want to you know. to know <laughs> So let's get that real clear, guys. What When you go to look at facts, first of all, where do you look? Well, the first thing you do is pull up your phone and you're going to get on the internet 
which it, it already is on the internet. You're just going to start asking the question and you're going to start reading the results. That's where you're going to get your facts. So they're saying that these people are posting to the internet news media and, and they're saying all these things. What's very troubling is they're not, they're doing it before they get their facts. I just made a revolving door out of that one, didn't I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> there, there are, first of all, there's facts, but the facts are hidden or redacted. They, most of the time, they don't even want you to know the real facts. They don't want you to know the real facts. They, you have to listen to what they tell you right. and forget about anybody else's news reporting. And it's true. The, the facts are always hidden or redacted. So we're talking about Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger at the beginning of the show here. I was saying that um, you know, he was hiding a report from the public for two years now. He refuses to go in front of a court and explain how secure Dominion voting machines are. And one of the reasons is he's got to hide the facts. So um, all I'm doing is I'm reading from that report. It's from a Gateway Pundit. And here it is. They posted the report. It's heavily redacted. Um, this is uh, case 1-17. Uh, and, it, you know, it has all the, the legal jargon as far as where you can find the information on this case within this report. There's a... There's a whole bunch of table of contents on this report. So it's a long report. It's long drawn out. And essentially, let's see what it's, uh, they're trying to uh, get across. This is a report that's been on Raffensperger's desk for two years and sealed and hidden away. Back in September of 2020, the court granted the curling plaintiffs accused access, or the, the curling plaintiffs access to one of Georgia's touchscreen ballot making devices or BMDs so that they could assess its security. Drew and I extensively tested the machine and we discovered vulnerabilities in nearly every part of the system that is exposed to potential attackers. The most critical problem we found is an arbitrary code execution vulnerability that can be exploited to spread malware from a country's central election management system, or EMS, to every BMD in the jurisdiction. So this makes it possible to attack the BMDs at a high scale over a wide area without needing physical access of any of them. Now, this is a vulnerability, guys. Should we be voting using devices that, you know, they're capable of manipulating at any point during the ballot casting process? Absolutely not. Where there should be chain of custody on every vote? Why are we able to manipulate because it is done from a computer processor? That's why. Anything that's done on a, the processing of the computer and a computer motherboard can have peripherals. And a peripheral is like an input or an output. Usually there is a wireless um, Wi-Fi internet connection in these peripherals. And usually it is exploited. It has a vulnerability. It's easy to hack. It's easy to get in. And I'm just going to read one more paragraph and I'm going to show you uh, a, an example of it in another video. Our report explains how attackers could exploit the flaws we found to change votes or potentially even affect election outcomes in Georgia, including how they could defeat the technical and procedural protections that the state has in place. Well, does the state have that in place? You can only hope, right? Well, while are not aware, while it's not aware of any evidence that the vulnerabilities have been exploited to change votes in past elections, without more precautions and, and mitigations, there's a serious risk that they will be exploited in the future as well. And this article goes on to show um, an ex-post uh, over from what's formerly known as Twitter 
um, Alex Halderman, and Halderman is saying the known breaches in Georgia would be sufficient to uncover, exploit every vulnerability we found, and likely others we missed. Yet, uh, the risk assessment assumes that Georgia perfectly protects the equipment from illicit access all across its 159 countries, or I mean counties. So, they're saying that uh, this is definitely a problem, but Raffensperger, who was uh, called to come and testify that this is, you know, these vulnerabilities don't exist and that the machines are secure, is refusing to do that. But he been knowing this information for two years. Brad Raffensperger appealed Judge Totenberg's order to require that required him to testify and be questioned under oath. Raffensperger doesn't mind running his mouth about how he says Dominion is secure. And he's been doing that since the 2020 election. He also used Dominion machines in the 2022 election for uh, you know his very office. And use those same machines. But when they asked how secure they are and required him to testify, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to testify under oath. It's what is being said in this article. So it's, it's, this is brand new news. He doesn't want to testify. And, uh, what is Brad Raffensperger afraid of? Why doesn't he want to testify how secure his Dominion machines are? Because they're not secure. Mm -hmm. And they know it. And he knows it. Brad, Brad knows this. Of course he knows it. And he also made the statement somewhere down the line in that article. I read it earlier as I was reviewing that he intends that see if we can get to the bottom of all the securities and vulnerabilities uh, issues here and, and get it fixed. But it is going to be so involved that we won't be rolling out any new uh machines or any new softwares or any new ways of voting till after the 2024 election. Well, of course not. Oh, we no need way. to fix one more. <laughs> you know all you really have to do is huh. cast paper ballots. I think that's a great that's idea. all you really have to do. That's right. Bypass that whole internet thing. And here's why, guys. When you use internet voting on Dominion machines or any other co uh, company that makes voting machines, when you, when you use... Uh, these to cast ballots, you know, it, it seems convenient. I mean, you just step up to the screen and you, you touch what, you know, who you're voting for. You just touch it and bam, it prints out a little print and you put that in the box. But did you know that later after you go home that all those votes that you just put into the machine and print out can be changed by somebody not here uh, down the street, but on the other side of the pond, yeah. <laughs> all the way around the other side of the world? Can, can, can step in and change those. Sobering thought, isn't it's it? It's a very sobering thought. I put up a video a long time ago. It's been about since 2020. And I just wanted people to see this because when I saw it, it was, there's nothing to deny here. And, but when I tried to post and publish this video, um, I got the slap. You know, you can't do that. We're not allowed to talk about elections. This election wow. was the most secure election ever. That's part what of they the told me. investigative journalism that they don't want, don't you, want to you to know. <laughs> so let me play you a little bit here, guys. Um, I might have to interject a couple times because of the length of it. But let's see if I can get to the, to the point that I'm trying to make. The Internet Protocol Wisconsin, address of the Nevada, target.
uh, false administrators. In other cases, it shows that they broke through the firewall. In some cases, they did both. Now, in the next column, it shows whether it was successful. You'll see a Y that shows that, yes, it was successful. Now, oftentimes, they're not successful, and they have to go back and try for another intrusion, and then it shows whether that's, in fact, successful as well. Then in the final video, well, first, Mike, do you have any questions about this chart and what it is showing? Yeah. Okay, so she's very clear about this stuff. Now, I'm tech-savvy. Uh, they, they've been working in cybersecurity for a long time, but this is what they a map back in college about what would happen if we ever had a nuclear war. As clearly as possible. We're going to put in the White House to rule or to, to be the president of this country. Right, right, right. Now, there's a video, and so that will and show. You said that so sad. Are you looking at the video, Mike? Yeah, we're pulling. We're going to pull up the video here, Mary. Okay, here we go. We're just pull. We just pulled up the video. Wow, what's going on here with all these lines? Well, you're, the video. What you are watching is the surveillance system. In fact, this is the very surveillance system that was built by people inside this country within the cybersecurity battle space that built. Okay, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Built some of these. Uh, tools that were built to keep this country safe but what you're watching is that every line on that drawing all those moving lines they represent the ip addresses of what i just showed you on the chart so so when you understand the hacker's ip address and the ip address of the target and the votes that were stolen every one of those lines that you're watching move across the chart and showing whether they were successful and and how many votes they stole, that documents that. Uh, every red line, as they turn red, as they finish um, stealing the vote, basically, the red lines are all China. So what you're seeing are the actual files being received and sent. That's, that's a documentation of the real-time theft of our elections. Sobering, isn't it? Extremely. Do you think Brad Reffensperger watched this video? Oh, I'm sh I don't know if he watched this particular one, but I'm sure he's well aware of what's going on. I'm sure he is. And at the time, he's he's focal. He, he's been focal about being a Trump hater, too. He, it's not a secret. He's, he's said it. Not, you know, he's been focal about it. And so I'm sure. Well, I actually believe he didn't watch this video because this is cancer to his eyes and ears. Right. He doesn't want to bring it into and introduce it to his brain. Maybe. He, just, he knows the machines. This is possible. That's why he wants to use them again in 2024. But he doesn't actually want to see any of this proof. Because that way, it does. if it doesn't exist in his brain, his conscience won't let him, you know, it'll let him sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're kinder than I would have been. <laughs> uh, or the guy on the X-22 report, for that matter. <laughs> but, guys, we have to talk about this stuff. It's just important. It's important that I get it out there. What you're looking at is not a made-up meme. Um, it's not CGI'd. You know, I'm not using a software and, and curating voices and, you know, I'm not doing the, the act of creation of these videos. Say like, uh, when Hollywood can create a movie and so unbelievable when you watch it, but, uh, it's because they know how to use all this equipment. They know how to use all the computers and all the, 
the CGI in that they do. No, I don't do any of that. This is just me bringing you the reality of what happened in 2024 from this cybersecurity team that, you know, was built. This software for cybersecurity was built by those in the White Hat Department of Cybersecurity here in the United States. And the whole idea of this software that you're looking at right here was to keep this country safe from at voting time and any other time from vulnerabilities uh, coming in from other nations. So, but you know, even foreign and domestic for that matter, it could be, we could be getting hit from people right here at home. There's a guy sitting in his mom and dad's basement, a young man's down there eating Hot Pockets, probably doing one of these lines himself, switching votes. Oh, Trump, Trump bad, I'm going to switch everything to Biden, you know. And you just, you have that element. But how do we keep that from happening to our voting, to our to keep from being disenfranchised as the American people in general. How do we keep that from happening? We got to get rid of the vulnerabilities. Paper ballots. Exactly. And way. even then, they'd find a way to cheat. But see, well, you know, yeah. when you have, I think what's happening, what we're leading up to is an overwhelming majority of awake, not woke, but awake people. And when you have an overwhelming vote, it's almost impossible to cheat, even if you got the machines. So there will be an element of cheating, but they won't be able to do enough. Right. Now, what they did in 2020 is everything was fine. Trump is up by 80,000 votes in each of these um, states that you know, decide the elections, usually. And he's up by 80,000 in each one of them. And people are getting ready to go to bed during this uh, ballot casting. And they just say, all right, it's working. Trump is up. He's our incumbent. He's going to do it again in 2020. And uh, we all went to bed. When we woke, well, what happened is they saw that there is no way they're going to win, so they stopped counting mm -hmm. with uh, the answer that while well, we're taking a break. Then they right. put stuff on the windows, right? And then they they brought in truckloads of in boxes. Then they kicked out the Republicans that were supposed to be there watching. They kicked them out of the room. Closed. This is in your face violations of our electoral system, our fairness uh, of our electoral system. So we can ignore that and say, this is taboo. You should never tell people that this happened. Or we can say, this is reality. And so you really ought to know, people. Best thing we can do, though, is get to um, paper ballots and know one thing. Just know one thing. If you want to remain American freedom, you've got to address this kind of stuff that's happening right here. China is deciding who the next president is in this here video. And, you know, like I said, we were 80,000 up in all these swing states, all these states that you need to win. And, and then they just stopped counting because they couldn't do this. They couldn't let this end this way. Why did they stop counting? Because they needed time to bring in all the, the not so real yeah. ballots. Right. Unfortunately. So that is my question, guys. Do we, the people, even understand? Well, it is time to bring some hope together because, you know, I do understand that one. <laughs> Wherever we go, when you have Jesus in your heart, you're going to find the blessings. When you seek God, you're going to find blessings. If you are somebody that is hurting, if you lost a loved one, it's difficult. I've been through it. I've been through it. I'm not going to say I know how you feel, but I'm going to tell you how I felt. I was uh, one hurting individual. Um, I'm moping around, trying to keep myself busy around the yard. I don't want to go out into the world. I don't want to face anybody. This was devastating what happened. And so it took a long time. And about a year later, I just kept seeking God. 
And about a year later, I felt better and along came blessing on top of blessing. On t- it was as if I was being rewarded for the things I was going through towards the end of losing that loved one. It was as if I was being patted on the back by the, the universe. All these great blessings started happening and it will happen for you too when you seek God. So I wanted to say that before I play this little message from Dr. David Jeremiah. Remember, this is the American Freedom and God podcast and we need God's help. When we get out here and try to tell people the truth about anything, let's, let's do it with God. Let's do it with God in the room. And that is also known as the Holy Spirit who was born, uh, son of God on, on what we call Christmas Day. So it could be any month. It could be any year as far as I'm concerned. As long as you put aside a time and a day to, to remember it. And we do that for our own birthdays. Why not do it for Jesus' birthday? So we did that two days ago on Christmas. Now we're going to go ahead and listen uh, to a little sermon here. I'm just saying a few words of a, a little sermon for that matter. But let's see what Dr. David Jeremiah is talking about. Remember, you can go to davidjeremiah.org. And you can just start listening to any of his sermons. The archives are all there. And he is one of these down-to-earth scholars. He's not up shouting and, and running back and forth, which sometimes can be fun, too. If you go to an evangelistic event, you might think it's amazing. But he's not doing that. He is sitting in, in his chair or standing at a podium calmly telling you without any question, without any doubt, and with 100% confidence in what he's talking about, he's telling you what the Word of God even means. Christ the Redeemer sculpture in Rio de Janeiro. As you fly into that city, this sculpture of Jesus rises 124 feet from a mountaintop that overlooks the city. The arms of Jesus are out like he's blessing the city below. This is one of the new seven wonders of the world. And awestruck visitors have been marveling at this since 1931. But it's not the world's tallest statue by any means. It's not even the second largest. The Christ of peace stands atop San Pedro Hill in central Bolivia. It towers 132.7 feet up into the heavens and boasts an arm span of 107 feet. A dramatic sky lift whisks visitors to the statue's base. But wait, there's an even larger statue of Christ, which was completed in 2010 in Poland. This is Christ the King. It is a staggering 172 feet tall, the tallest statue of Jesus on the earth, but not for long. There's a taller one under construction right now. And it's interesting, is it not, that if only the town fathers had realized that a lifeless statue of Jesus on a hill can't make the difference in anybody's life. It's the reality of the living Jesus sitting on the throne of heaven and living in our lives that makes the difference. There's no statue, no matter how tall you make it, that can change your life. It may cause you to have a sense of awe. It may make you remember that there is such a person as Jesus. But statues don't change lives. Crosses don't change lives. Crucifixes don't change lives. Only Jesus can do that. Someone said once, give me Jesus. Just give me himself. The Jesus of Scripture, the Jesus of history, the Son of Man from heaven. Just give me Jesus. And most of us 
have that feeling in our hearts. We wouldn't be here today if we were not that way. We have come to hear a talk about the Jesus we may not know. We have trouble describing him because he's indescribable. But Jesus had no trouble at all. He described himself in two little words that comprise three letters. Jesus says, you want to know me? Here's my name. I am. I am. This is an Old Testament title for God, and it finds its history in Exodus chapters 3 and 4. You remember how Moses was on the backside of the desert tending the sheep for his father-in-law. And one day when he was out in the wilderness, he looked over on the horizon and he saw a bush that was on fire. And as he drew near to the bush, he was filled with curiosity because while the bush was burning, it wasn't burning up. It was not being consumed. And as he got near to the bush, he heard the words of the Lord God. The Lord was in the burning bush. And the Lord was using this moment to try to recruit Moses for a particularly important job. The children of Israel had been in bondage to the Egyptians for 400 years, and it was time for them to be released. And God needed an agent to go to Egypt and speak to Pharaoh about letting his people go. I've all Amen. Dr. David Jeremiah, it's just davidjeremiah.org, no, no DR. It's just www.davidjeremiah.org. You can get this entire message. It's a wonderful message. It'll make you feel so good. You can understand these things. Israel uh, was born um, after the Israelites themselves were no longer slaves. Whether or not uh, today you want to argue about if, if Israel belongs to the Israelis or not is a whole other argument. There's so much history to be discussed. But I do know that there's still the ones that are believers in God are still blessed and they're still God's people. There might be a lot that don't believe. There might be a lot that went south or to the left or to the right, like the Bible says a lot in the Old Testament. So let's not go to the left or to the right of God. Let's stay in front center so that he won't turn his face from us. But just know that you might be also one of his Moseses. You might be able to help him to free somebody from bondage. 400 years is a long time for the Israelites to be slaves and that they keep procreating as slaves. This was way before we talked about slavery in America, thousands of years. A couple thousand years. And yet the people today are just plain clueless, many of them. And I'm talking about the young people where the education is still happening. They're not getting this education. So I encourage you guys to go to davidjeremiah.org, get the rest of this message, let it sink into your heart. This leads me on into another thing that God is in control about, and that is our health. Debbie, every day we take a handful of vitamins um, I know I like to include things like cod liver oil, D3, and think, well, what, are you, what are you taking? Me? Um, biotin, selenium, magnesium. Uh, did I say vitamin C? Did you, I say that? Just now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And you take two other things I can't remember. Are you taking the D3? And the D's, of course. D3. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you, that's right. I've seen, I've seen your, your kit. You, you have quite a few of them, but you don't necessarily every day, every day, but you, you're on it pretty good most of the time, right? Yes, yes. So that's an important thing, guys. We're going to get 
these vitamins and minerals if you if you're eating and drinking the right stuff. But if there's a deficiency, it can be very problemsome, if problematic. If you get if there's a D3 deficiency in your body, all the other things that you hear about in the, in the medical community and autoimmune diseases and all that stuff starts happening. The deficiency is a very, very problematic situation. So how do we avoid that? We're going to listen to Dr. Eric Berg, which I subscribe to. And I definitely can fact check for myself, you know, when, when Eric Berg talks. But so far, he's been spot on. And I've been putting to practice the information that comes from Dr. Eric Berg, which, by the way, YouTube would like to kind of hush him up too, because he tells you it's okay to eat eggs, and they don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> he tells you it's okay to eat red meat, they don't like that. That's right. <laughs> He'd rather give you a cholesterol drug for life. He's been spot on, guys, and so that's why I listen to him. We're going to see what he has to say for a couple minutes. It, it is, or, you know, whatever the sound bite length is, it, it, it is safe to take... Now, the question is, is it safe to take 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3? Now, I know that we have a jar out there, David, that, uh, that I've been pulling from with the other vitamins that I take. And that jar on there says, I think it says 5,000. 5, so mm -hmm. he's saying, is it safe to take 10,000? That would mean I'd have to take two of them every day for one 10,000 of D3, question mark. So let's just see what Dr. Uh, Eric Berg is talking about. We assume that it's coming from the radiation, but really is it? Vitamin D has a protective element against melanoma. So if the sun's rays, radiation were really responsible for this, then we would have seen a decrease in cancer, not an increase. Also, vitamin D is really important for your lung, okay? It helps to modulate um, your immune system to make sure that that immune system is not overreacting or underreacting. So it's really good for anything related to lung, like COPD, uh, asthma, things like that. And there's also doctors that are well-recognized that will recommend taking 50,000 IUs of vitamin D at the first sign of a cold or flu symptoms. Let's look at this chart right here. This is based on some data. I'm going to put all the links down below, but we have the amounts or doses of vitamin D, a million. We have 300,000, 100,000, 30,000, and 10,000, okay? And this is not scale, but you can see that these are in weeks. And this is the amounts. So we have one week, three week, 10 week, 30 week, 100 week. How many weeks are in a year? 52, right? So that's going to be right here. So this is about a year right here. So check this out. You can see the toxicity level right here. You'd have to take 100,000 IUs of vitamin D for a period of time before it becomes toxic. But what I want you to look at right here is this line right through here. This actually is considered safe if you adjust for the cofactors. In other words, there are certain nutrients that vitamin D uses to help um, prevent complications, like vitamin K2, which I've already mentioned, like magnesium and zinc. So these three nutrients are very important to take with your vitamin D. It doesn't even have to be taken exactly with it at the same time, but uh, sometime around. You just want to make sure you're not deficient in these because all of these help to make vitamin D more active and prevent the toxicity effect. Don't want to forget about increasing water too, because one potential toxic effect could be kidney stones. But if you're drinking minimally two and a half liters of fluid per day, you can very easily prevent kidney stones and keep your, um, your urine diluted so these calcium stones don't develop, despite if you have high levels of calcium in the urine. Now, what should a normal level of calcium be, okay, when you get a check? Should be between 90 and 100 
nanomoles per liter, or there's another measurement you can uh, use, which is 35 to 40 NGs per milliliter. Okay, so depending on what lab you're using and what units. So I hope you feel a little more comfortable with vitamin D taking 10,000 or even more. I have a really good um, summary of what I just talked about in a two-page document if you want to download it for free. And now I want to go to the beginning where he introduced what he's about to tell you so that you can make sense of what you just heard at the end. Obviously, we didn't have time to play all this stuff in between. So. I use vitamin D every single day. That's what we're going to talk about. Did you know that every single cell and tissue in your body has receptors for vitamin D? And yet there's actually still no medical consensus or agreement on what a vitamin D deficiency really is. So I even think a better question than is uh, 10,000 IUs of vitamin D safe? We should ask, is it actually safe to be deficient in vitamin D? The great majority of the population is deficient and they have all sorts of problems ranging from a lowered immune system to arthritis to autoimmune problems and inflammation, depression, high blood pressure. And most of the research that came up with the RDAs for vitamin D, I think roughly it's about 600 IUs, were based on preventing uh, rickets, things like that, but not therapeutically to address all the other issues like autoimmune problems and severe infections. So there's a couple of very important things for you to know. Number one, vitamin D toxicity is very rare. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the symptoms for vitamin D toxicity are almost identical to a vitamin K2 deficiency. In other words, do you really have too much vitamin D or just not enough vitamin K2. Very interesting. So guys, unfortunately, you'll have to go to, uh, is it safe to take 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3? Dr. Eric Berg explains. You'll be able to find that very easily. You just go on to YouTube, type in Eric Berg, it'll come up. Um, it's, it's an important and interesting study. I know uh, with the time that I've been on vitamins, uh, I'm blessed, as I was saying, with, and I'm blessed in a way that this devastating disease came through and I made it through. And I'm still here. And I would say that for pretty much everybody. Everybody that's still here, they made it through. You're blessed. So keep on being blessed. But I think one of the things that gave me an advantage, Debbie, was the fact that I do take my vitamins. And D3, according to these experts, has always been a healthy choice and an essential choice because D3 deficiency, which is identical to the symptoms of K2 deficiency, so we're not sure which one it is that we need more of at that point, since they're both identical symptoms. Um, I noticed that I've been uh, strong and healthy and doing um, life, you know, with spring in my step. So mm -hmm. I can attribute, I'm sure I can, can attribute it to the vitamins I've taken, D3 being a major part of that. And that's what I encourage you guys to do. That You know, with all these uh, immigrants coming in or migrants coming into the United States over the border, just illegally just invading. Did you know with all that many people just pouring in the size of, you know, a, a whole city at a time? Did you know that there's going to be all these diseases that are in there, too? Yeah, I kind of touched on It's that very scary. Yeah. They're bringing into the United States things that we might have already eradicated many decades ago like measles or just i'm not even going to go down the list there's just all these things that they're bringing with them you know the the tbs and other diseases that people in general have especially if they're not taking these vitamins or keeping up with their health yes and so i just thought that 
Guys, it's important. Make sure you're taking vitamin D3. And you know what? You're getting this, the same um, in, in when you eat the right foods, which is what we'll do next week is we'll cover some of these foods. It's good for your kidneys. It's not going to hurt them. It's going to help them. And it contains K2 and it contains D3. It contains vitamin C. So we'll look at some of these foods in the next health segment of the American Freedom and God podcast next week we got new year coming on um just a few days yeah. <laughs> and then after that i guess guys it is time to start 2024 it's gonna be an interesting season coming up so um we're ready to go and until next time guys i will see you then and goodbye This has been the American Freedom and God podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Bye. Stupid as stupid,